Blog Talk Radio. This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. John Sullivan. It's Babs Ayagbusi. Michael Thompson talking. The phenomenal AJ Styles. Xavier Rose. Charles Johnson. Psycho Killer, Kamasa Champa. This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to Sportscast Radio. Sportscast Radio. Welcome to Sportscast Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, once again, another Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, coming at you, Sportscast Radio. Jordan, we need to get that, was it Kevin Garnett, who was like Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, was that KG, Jordan? Uh, I think so. I think it was. All I know is he was like, we're coming. (laughs) We need to get it every time we come in, Tuesday night. Drop that. I'm excited, though. We got a great show lined up for you. Uh, coming in middle of the pack on the show here, uh, Mr. Get to Know Him himself, Nick Hagberg, will be calling in. We'll be whoa, kicking whoa, off our. What? He's coming live? Yeah, he's going to be live with us uh, oh, talking that MLB nice. season preview, my friend. Uh, we get we, we kick it off, you know, Thursday morning. So we're going to get our, our, our MLB season preview. That'll be about 9.35 or so tonight. Uh, second half of the show before we let you go. The final four set, Kansas, Villanova, Michigan, and Jordan, Loyola, Chicago. Am I right? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you, uh, <laughs> did you go to like six hours of speech classes this week to get that? Yeah. Man, I've been practicing from when I kept saying Yoilola and Yolola and Latoya. It's Loyola, Chicago. It sounds like you were shouting out names on a P.D. Pablo track from, uh, you know, 2008. <laughs> I was uh, I was getting my uh, DMX on. Done. About three kills. Loyola. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be some fun. Uh, if we have any time left, we'll obviously catch you with that normal banner. Play a little fun, uh, fun games, something, have, have a good time with it. Uh, but first, coming up here in just a couple short minutes, we're talking some roller derby, Jordan. The mm-hmm. North Star Roller Derby Championship is at the Minnesota State Fair this Saturday. uh, uh, Doors at 5, show starts at 6, and we got a couple couple combatants from the Kilmore Girls coming on. So let's let's knock this sponsorship out the way. Let's let Alex, even though he's not here, he's really here, if you didn't know, Jordan. But Alex is going to (laughs) drop some knowledge on FM. Get your deer stand needs for this upcoming season. Because, hey, FML Solutions, they take care of us. We're taking care of them. We'll be right back, paying a couple bills. It is time to talk some roller derby. Just a couple short minutes. Don't go away. This is Sportscast Radio, Strong Style Media. Looking to get a head start on deer hunting season? Let FML Solutions point you in the right direction. Hi, Alex from Strong Style Media here, letting our listeners know deer season just got a heck of a lot easier. FML Solutions offer a fantastic deer stand that only takes 30 minutes to assemble and disassembles with no tools required. The best part, though, is its ingenious design allows it to double as a cart to haul your trophy back to the truck. FML Solutions is a made-in-the-USA product manufactured right here in Minnesota. Check out FML Solutions on Facebook by searching FML Solutions INC 
and visit FMLSolutionsInc.com to learn more about this innovative deer stand. Most people would consider this illegal. 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 What was mere vision suddenly became a reality. When you put a bunch of entities together and you bundle into one giant conglomerate, baby, you get strong foul media. My name is Ryan Cook. I'm the chairman of our company, and I'm here to tell you that each and every week, Sunday through Thursday night, we give you the best in radio. For boxing needs, standing eight count radio. For pro wrestling, we got WrestleCast. We got your sports knowledge covered with SportsCast. You like movies? The pop cultures are where it's at. And for all your local hip-hop, Soda Sound Radio. Make sure to subscribe, like, comment, rate, share, follow everything you got. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio Tune, and that more. We are Strong Style. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. You won't see these folks at the post office. They have businesses to run. They have passions to pursue. How do they avoid trips to the post office? Stamps.com. Mail letters. Ship packages. All the services of the post office right on your computer. Get a four-week trial, including postage and a digital scale. Go to Stamps.com today. Hey, Alex Mello here, host of The Pop Culturist on the Strong Sound Media Network, inviting you to join myself alongside Half Pint's Kyle Adams as we discuss all the latest news and reviews in movies, music, and television. Check us out every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time here on blogtalkradio.com. Also, you can check out the Pop Culturist archives on Blog Talk Radio, Search Bar, Strong Style Media, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play to hear all the eclectic offerings here at Strong Style Media. We are conglomerates. What are we looking at here? Lists all over the safety thing. Third-party background checks for drivers. 24-7 trust and safety team. Critical response line. All right, list. you can play at this game. What if we had a safe word? What about boba? No. But if you actually wanted boba, it's got to be more exotic. What's your wife's name? Oh, Barbara? Safe word's Barbara. <laughs> I like that. Okay. <laughs> back live rocking and rolling with you let's get right into it we are joined by two members of the Kilmore girls which is one of the greatest names i have ever heard of uh jumping right in here Maria, are you with us yes i'm here Hello. awesome well i got you and your teammate on here i'm gonna let you real quick take the floor for a second go ahead and introduce yourself and your teammate and uh Let's just let's just break down this awesome roller derby because we are excited to talk about this. Sure, we're really excited to be here. So I go by Bobash Fury, um, and I've been playing for the Kilmore Girls for the last few years. And my teammate Glitch Please is here as well. Yeah, so what's going on, Glitch? 
Hey, everyone. I'm Glitch, please. Uh, I'm a rookie this year. Nice. That is one nice. of the greatest names I've ever heard, by the way. What, what, where did you come up with the idea of Glitch, please? Um, actually, it was my wife's idea. Um, she uh, she was kind of uh, thinking about, um, what is it, the Wreck-It Ralph um, character, uh, Vanilla P. Von Sweets, is a, is a glitch. And so she kind of just uh, rolled with it because that's one of one of my favorite movies. I, I okay, okay. I, with the, with the role also, I, that was that was subtle. That was subtle. That's respectable though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> very cool. Uh, you know, the the names are the, one of the first things that jump out uh, is uh, you know being a complete novice to this uh, to this roller derby. I had to look the rules up and. And try and figure it out and, and rekindle uh, some of my, my my knowledge from back in the day. Ryan, you said you used to watch it on ESPN Classic. Is that right? Yeah, I used to watch when it was like Skinny Mini Gwen Miller and the T-Birds and all them. I used I was probably, I mean, this was probably, what, 25 years ago or something. But ESPN Classic would show it at like 2 a.m. on a Saturday night. I just remember they had the green, yellow, and they were like North Star colors. And this little girl would just... <laughs> She's ducking under double clotheslines and d- double elbows and Irish whip. I mean, it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen in my life. I was like, I was, my mind was blown when, when uh, Elijah, who set this up, was like, hey, you want to talk to some people from the roller derby? I said, you got to be kidding me. There's roller derby going on still. And I was hooked. So I, I, had, oh, to, yeah. I had to tell Jordan about that one. Nice. Yeah, the sport of roller derby is, I mean, a lot of people think of it back from the 70s, the bank trucks and the dramatization and all that, and that was fantastic, but um, it's really impressive because the evolution of the sport, it is like one of the most strategic, like physical sports there is out there, and uh, the cool thing about it is it's constantly evolving. Like, if you watch roller derby from three, four years ago, the sport, the game is going to look different now than it is even back then. It's just as the skating skills develop and the strategies develop, um, you know, it's it's pretty impressive. Even year to year, every year there's like a new skill or a new strategy that the league has to like develop among all the skaters because it's something new that's out there. So that's that's what I love about it. That that you sounds really cool oh. with the evolution. Uh, with the uh, but one thing I do notice that that hasn't changed much is uh, I'm looking at some pictures here and and the skates are still pretty. Uh, uh, still pretty low key. What's uh, what's the word? What's yeah. what's the change, if anything, over the years on, on the skates? Yeah, I, think I mean one of the major things. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Glitch. You got it. Um, one of the major things is just uh, that the that the quad skates are a lot more stable than like uh, the the rollerblades, which um, kind of came out uh, a little bit later. And they they kind of give us more stability and everything, um, but the uh, the toe stops, if you notice, um, started uh, changing. They used to be these um, like uh, thin little things on the front of the skates, and they got to be um, thicker the more that we started uh, doing strategic gameplay, where we're stopping and changing direction a lot more than constantly moving. Gotcha. That's that's really cool. So so speaking of constantly moving, you know, uh, you know, any listeners that might not have watched it so far, can you give us like a, a one like a, a roller derby 101 on the radio? I mean, I know it's going to be a little tougher to to maybe explain it, maybe, but but how, how do you how do you how do you win in roller derby? 
Yeah, so you've got the oval track, and we skate on flat tracks now. So oval track, you've got four blockers from each team out on the track and one jammer from each team. Those jammers, they're the one, the skaters with the stars on their helmets. Um, their whole goal is to get past as many opponents as possible. So the whistle blows, the jam starts. The first uh, task is to get past all of those skaters, um, of the uh, all the opponent of skate, skaters to get lead jam status. Then they make their way around the track, and for every opponent's hips they pass, they get a point. So you're scoring points for every skater you pass, and you can make consecutive laps to score points. So that's the point scoring strategy. And then the blockers, what they're doing is they're playing offense and defense simultaneously. So their defense is blocking that other jammer, but also trying to hit the other blockers out of the way to help their jammer through. Um, so it's a pretty action-packed kind of lots going on, lots of chaos on the track all at once. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Ryan, what do you got? Um, one thing that I was going to say, and you know, and, and you could definitely re- elaborate on this with with the rules that you just mentioned here. Uh, but I remember back in like I don't know maybe the year two thousand when the the National Network or TNN or whatever rebrought Roller Jam back. It was on after like ECW wrestling on Friday nights. And it it did really well in the first couple of weeks, and then it seemed like they took a really gimmicky gimmicky approach to it and made it more about the flash and and everything than the actual intensity of the sport. To which we saw it kind of kind of mow off and and trail off, you could say, with the way that you just described the sport. It, it sounds like it was when I remember it. Is it is it just as intense or? Is it more of the the calm and everyone's kind of the friendliest, or is it? I mean, is it as intense as as it was then? Glitch, you want to answer that one? Uh, sure. So the, I mean, it, it's definitely um, kind of intense in a different way. Um, they're they're like the aggressiveness of the sport is still there, but the showmanship that that used to be. Um, uh, on TV, like you were describing, is um, kind of not as big a part of the sport anymore. Um, so a lot of it is is focused on just the athleticism now uh, than it was uh, back then. Uh, so I, I kind of got a two-parter here, one for each of you. Glitch, we'll stay with you since you're rocking and rolling here. Um, sure. I wanted to I wanted to ask you. You said you're the rookie. Um, what brought you into jumping into, into this awesome sport, getting on the Kilmore girls and, and really kind of getting your, getting your feet dirty in this roller derby? Sure. So, um, the thing that got me into roller derby was actually, uh, Drew Barrymore made a a movie called Whip It, um, that kind of showed that more, um, theatrical version of roller derby that, that you kind of were speaking to. And this was back in like, uh, I think like 2009, 2010 that I saw the movie and I was still in Las Vegas at the time. Um, and I was still presenting mail at that time. So they didn't have a, a men's league out in Las Vegas. When I came out okay. to Minnesota and I, I was uh, um, presenting a female by that time, um, I was ready to, to join up uh, for roller derby. So I kind of joined the the uh, clinics that North Star Roller Derby had and then just went through tryouts and boot camp and got drafted to the team. And it's kind of been a whirlwind year. 
<laughs> That's awesome. So there's actually drafts. That you, oh, see, this is what I'm excited about. Like, I love that th- that you said that there's drafts with it. <laughs> I mean, that's so cool. That's so cool. Um, I'm I'm excited to check some of this out here. I I I'm to be honest, gonna try to get try to come out there on Saturday. Uh, real quick before we go to that event, you know, uh, uh, Bobash, you said you're you're more couple years in. What what's kind of your backstory that brought you to this team and and the roller derby? Yeah, so I got involved in roller derby when I lived in Wisconsin six years ago, and it was mostly out of boredom. I lived in this tiny little town in the middle of nowhere, and I met some women that said they were going to start a roller derby team and asked me if I wanted to join. And I was seriously like Bambi on ice back then on skates, so I was like, (laughs) sure, I'll show up, but I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to roller skate, and um, got involved and mostly was like, the people there, um, just a really awesome group of people, very encouraging. And I've always been an active person, never really considered myself an athlete, but I got involved in this sport and it was like every single part of it was challenging. But I went and watched the Mad Roland Dolls and I saw these skaters do awesome things and I was just trying to stay on my feet and I thought, you know, I want to I do that. I want to get to where they are. And um, it's just constantly the next, it's the next thing to learn, the next thing to conquer, and that's what I loved about it. Um, and my husband always jokes around. He said I was, like, never never competitive whatsoever until I found roller derby, and then I became this, like, competitive beast that he didn't even know existed inside of me. <laughs> so um, it's been a lot of fun to to kind of watch myself evolve. And then also when we moved to Minnesota, my only stipulation on where we lived was I have to be able to play roller derby. So we made sure to be close to a roller derby league. So I did the same process as Glitch a few years back, um, tried out, went through the two rounds of boot camp, um, went into the draft, and then thankfully the Kilmore girls drafted me that year. So, uh, See, we need to get – we need to get a, a draft, like a a draft preview show. This is, this, I love. I'm I'm the biggest draft person. Like <laughs> I mean, I we, we go to me, me and a couple of my buddies went to Vegas just to watch an NFL draft. Like we, I just I don't know why I'm obsessed with it. I, I think it's because I feel like I'm good at video games and I can draft a really good team. So I'm like, well, I could do this in real life. So I'm gonna go out there and yell at the screen like I could do anything about it. <laughs> Obviously I can't, but uh. Uh, bring, that brings me to the name thing, and I and I was gonna gonna kind of ask on, on some of these names that that you guys come up with. Uh, Glitch, I see uh, game developer on your bio. Is that kind of does that have anything to do on top of what you had said before with the Wreck It Ralph on the name? Because that was the first thing that stood yeah. up for me as somebody who like I I almost missed radio because Far Cry Five came out today. And I was like, God, oh, I got to get on radio. I got to get on radio. And I kept playing and kept playing. And I'm like, okay, I'm finally getting on here. So it, long story short, I mean, that's what drew me right to your name. Is that kind of something where it, it comes from a passion? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I work in games now. I used to work in um, uh, web development. And uh, games is sort of a passion for me. So, like, the the name worked on a lot of levels. It also kind of in the in the movie, the character is able to kind of uh, teleport um, from one place to the next. So I, I kind of wanted to channel that idea that I could kind of be there and then be across the track really quickly and and kind of embody that in my name. Love it. I, I just I love like 
like I'm looking at these like weird Val Shank a bitch. Like that's the funniest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> like, I'm just like I'm looking at these names. Um, where, where did you uh, come up with uh, Bobash Fiore? So mine is I'm a physical therapist, and mine is a real nerdy uh, reference to a physical therapy treatment technique called the Bobash theory. And there's diagonal ones and diagonal twos. Therefore, my number is D two. So not even physical therapists get it. So. I, uh, yeah, it's, I like it though. I've used it since I started. Um, a lot of my teammates call me Bob and that's just easier than Bobash because nobody can <laughs> even say it right. Bobish and all that. So yeah. But, no, that's, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, the names are cool. Uh, obviously I, I see a lot of confidence in, in, in a very inclusive group. Um, I, I, that in itself is is something that I find intriguing because, uh, you know, in something like competitive, uh, you know, obviously with it being so inclusive at the same time, does it water down some of the competition, do you feel? Or, or, or is it is it 100% until like the final whistle and then you can shake hands and be friends again? Kind of like that. I mean, we're all league mates and so we're friends at the end of the day. But when we have our jerseys on and we're fighting for that championship trophy, like, we're not friends. We want to knock you down and hit you out of bounds, and we want to win. So, um, you know, end of the game, we're all smiling and, uh, you know, friends again, and we hit up the after party at um, Can Can Wonderland and have a few drinks and play some games. But when we're on the yeah. track, it's it's kind of all business. So That's, that's awesome. Um, what uh... – you know, let's see, you know, Glitch, what, what do you think of uh, the, you know, having to, you know, going out that rookie side and you said you did some of the clinics. What are the clinics like as far as that goes? Yeah, well, I, I hadn't really skated before when I, when I went into the clinics, but they were, they were pretty great. Um, they kind of just uh, meet you at your level where, wherever you are, whether you are just learning how to stay up on skates or you're learning how to stop or, um, whatnot, and they kind of just um, advance with you. So it was real easy. It was like $5 to drop in. Um, and there were a lot of people who had mixed experience levels there. There were people who it was like their first or second year. Um, there were people who uh, had been going through the clinics a, a few times, um, kind of just at their leisure and um, then there were like experienced skaters who'd been there for like uh, six or eight years kind of te- showing us the ropes and, and teaching us uh, the individual skills so that when we went up to do uh, tryouts, we would be ready to do a bunch of different stops to be able to like weave between cones and skate in a pack and do all kinds of different skills like that. Very cool. Now, this obviously being the championship, how, how long is the season? I guess how many how many uh, how many matches or, or, or bouts do we have here? So yeah, we start back in September um, this year. Unfortunately, because the Super Bowl kind of uh, screwed our scheduling over, we only had four bouts. Ah. Typically, we have five. But to find a venue in the Twin Cities during that time around the Super Bowl, it it was really hard. So typically it's five bouts per season. It's kind of like about once a month. Um, and we have four home teams, so you're playing a rotation of each other, typically with like a mini tournament in there. We did have one mini tournament to kind of make up for that lost bout that we held at our practice space that actually turned out really great. 
Um, and so then, yeah, September through this kind of March, April time period. Um, but then we also have a travel team that is just getting started now. They start kind of January-ish and, tra- you know, and go all the way through the summer um, because their playoffs um, tournament is not until, I think, August. So our travel team is going to be headed to Michigan, Ontario, Oklahoma, Ohio, been kind of going all over the place. That's cool. The, uh, the, uh, the traveling team, what, uh, like what level, I mean, guess how many levels are there of this? I mean, you know, you, you see the, uh, you see the, the, the other, I'm, I'm going to call them forgive it the term, but like amateur sports or kind of, you know, you know, mm-hmm. people day job sport leagues. Um, they still have those larger scale tournaments. How does this uh, scale into those? Um, so there's two, so we all, all the roller derby leagues skate under women's flat track roller derby association. Um, that's like our governing league, uh, you know, organization. Um, and all, all each league will have one kind of, um, you know, travel team and that determines our international ranking kind of across all the teams um, throughout the world. And there's division one, which is, I believe teams like one through about like 50. Um, I could be wrong on that number, but like the top, you know, 50 or so. And then division two is below that. So I might be wrong on those numbers, but division one, division two, um, and then anything below that is just not in any sort of division. You're just kind of working your way up to it. So we're a Division Two league. Um, I don't know what our ranking is right now, but something right around 70 um, in the country or in the world. So. That's cool. You're on the cusp. I like it. I like it. With 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 obviously uh, games, to, you you want to be Division One, right? Yeah, I mean, that would be ideal. You want to work towards that. I mean, any team has the ability to work their way up to be number one. and You just have to keep winning. Awesome. Awesome. Ryan, what do you got? So, like I, like I said earlier in, in the, the for the interview, 5 p.m. doors, 6 p.m. central. Uh, it is at the, uh, the Warner Coliseum at the Minnesota State Fairgrounds on Saturday. Yep. Yep. Is that... Uh, now, now here's here's my question for everyone that that is thinking about attending or wanting to attend. Obviously, action begins at six. How many games do we get to witness uh, Saturday night? You get to see two so games. Two games, okay. Is it like a first place and a third place game? Yeah, basically there there's a halftime in between, um, and then the championship uh, bout starts after after the. Uh, kind of halftime show very cool then, very cool what uh glitch who are you guys uh who, who's your team all taking on um we're taking on the deltas so the deltas will play at the kilmores uh for third place and then um the championship bout will be against uh it'll be the violent Femmes against the uh banger sisters i i saw somebody on here named smother Teresa, and i was like that's I now I'm just looking at these teams and these names. This is this is so awesome seeing all these nicknames. I I love it. It's it's so intense. It's so much so much excitement out of this. You, you can tell everyone is enjoying it. Um, wrapping this up here, we we are so grateful that you two are willing to come on with us. Uh, any last words anyone wants to drop for the fans so they know what to expect this Saturday. With the with the great North Star Roller Derby Championship, 
I think it's just a great time. I mean, come on out, try something new. It's going to be action-packed. There's lots of other stuff also going on um, there. It's very family-friendly. Um, kids uh, 10 and under are free. And so I think if people are looking for something new and exciting and different, I mean, come check it out. It's it's an awesome sport, and I definitely know whoever whoever comes, you're going to be entertained. Yeah, and if, uh, if you're interested in getting into it yourself, we're currently doing clinics now. So um, there are, I, I believe there's information on our website about when um, clinics are happening, but uh, at the at the bout there will be um, an information booth that you can uh, sign up for emails about when those, when those clinics are happening. That's uh, NorthstarRollerDerby.com is where you can get all your information about the two, the two bouts, the championship, your tickets, times, the whole nine yards. I want to thank both of you personally for coming on. It was awesome. And we'll have to talk again uh, because this, this was fun. I, I would love to just hodgepodge pick, your, pick both of your brains about just, just some random roller derby stuff because that was, it was an awesome get-to-know-introductory get like introductory piece. But now we got to get to the beef and potatoes another time. Thanks again, both of you for coming on. Thank you so much, <laughs> Ryan. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate it. Bye now. That was uh, Bobash Fiori and Glitch. Please talking <laughs> some roller derby. Oh, ah, dude, some of these names I'm looking at, I'm like, I wouldn't fight some of these people. The Banger Sisters? Are you kidding me? That was uh, like, I like the I like the references too. Some of the references are deep. Like I, I obviously I don't get the uh, I didn't get the uh, the physical therapy one, but that like once you put it in perspective, I'm like dang, she's gonna put somebody in a pretzel. Uh, you, know, <laughs> like, you know, like it's good, man. It's good stuff. They, that was a really cool interview. I'm I'm uh, I God, I'm off Saturday. I, let me see. It's the it's the day before I, Easter. You know why I not watch some people get messed up, man? Like let's let's go let's. Let's try and I make this happen. Somebody named Hot Mess throw a back elbow at somebody's face. There's somebody named Hallelujah. That's tight. Uh, <laughs> weird, weird Val Shanka, though. That's that's tight. That's just that's just great. I I, like I love it. it. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. It is going to be. Is you you got. Y'all might see Sportscast Radio there on, on Sunday or on Saturday night because this is awesome. Once again, doors at five. The show begins at six. Two contests. It's going to be great. Let's hit up our second break, Jordan. I see the man of the hour waiting in the room, Mr. Get to Know Him himself. That means it's time for me to gloat about losing in seven games and hoping <laughs> that they would come so I can rush away game seven, <laughs> even though it, it, it could have been. But that's beside the point. We're hitting you with a commercial break. We come back. It's time for a 2018 MLB season preview, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. Sportscast, Strong Style Media. Your late night hip-hop and R&B podcast, Soda Sound Radio, hosted by Kyle Halffine Adams. Every Thursday night, right here on the Strong Style Media Network, catch up on your latest on hip-hop and R&B, and hear Minnesota talent at 10 p.m. Central. But if you trust the way I feel, I won't fold from the cards that you feel. Let's journey life together and make it worthwhile. Can't take it back like diamonds. See, my life is like a movie, no rewinding. Killing mics like I got a license. 
conviction. My belief don't have religion. Just a higher power. Who power? I'm not so happy with it. But I take a breath. Regain my pet. Check my feet when I'm walking. See if it ain't. I seen it all more than I care to reveal. I'm always sure to clear the air for the real. That's why I'm aiming at the grill, man, because it's how I feel. Nobody being sincere. We need some changes for real. Again, that's Thursdays right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Thursdays at 10 p.m. Central. And if you're a musician, you want to get your music heard on the show, send the MP3 over to Soda Sound at strongstylemedia.com. Peanut. Peanut. This right here is Alpha Brain. I just drank some of this in a shake. I got to tell you right now, I couldn't be more clear. You're Clarity. 50, so I use it. I don't do anything without it. I'm addicted I, to it. I know, but I'm 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 48, but I feel like I'm 26. I have a boner right now. But I have so much energy. Like I actually, I, I'm I'm. And I took an Alpha Brain. And I never do. I I want to fight you. I want to fight you. I want to go, chin down, and I want to bang, bang. Oh. Hey, I'm Dr. Asking. What's up? He's been distraught ever since his friend smoked him last week in fantasy football. Now he's grabbed this post and he won't respond. He's got Luzonic plays. What is He's a loser. He's not a loser. Okay, he's a loser. What can he do? With DraftKings, he could have easily challenged his friend to a rematch. Okay, I can't. What are you I can't see that. You need glasses. I'm also an optometrist. At DraftKings, you can play free private contests whenever you want. Strong Style Media presents... Sportscast Radio, the one that started it all, with your host, Ryan Cook, and me, Jordan Jiskra. We're going to be giving you everything, and I mean everything from baseball, football, basketball, hockey, field hockey, soccer, bobsleigh, boxing, pokes, pokes, survivor, even that weird sport where they do the hurdles and jump puddles in track and field. All right, maybe not that one, but from the college to the pros and from the rings to the rink, we've got you covered. Sportscast Radio. Yeah, get grimy in here, Sportscast Radio. Got a next guest on here. Everybody knows him as Mr. Get to Know Him himself. Nick Hagberg, what up? Hey, how's it going? We are excited. We are excited. The season is like 36 hours away, 38 hours away. It's baseball time. I know a lot of people don't don't get as excited as some people do, but I'm very excited. Jordan, you're you're what like kind of in like the middle middle of the hemisphere. Uh, here here like this is uh this is my my third uh third favorite time in baseball. Um, my first favorite is uh, obviously the push into the playoffs and the playoffs. Um, the uh, second favorite um. Actually, this is my, my my second favorite. My second favorite is the beginning of the season because that's when you all get all excited. You know, you get to see people in their fresh uniforms, and you know, uh, you get Roger Dorn activating himself. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it's 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 my it's my second favorite part of baseball season. It's a long season. I don't get crazy excited, but I, I definitely like the sport. And uh, yeah, we'll. Uh, it's a good time. And Mr. Hagberg, I know you're excited for a lot of reasons. You ready for baseball on Thursday? Yeah, honestly, you know, it, it's hard to believe that, you know, because they're starting the season uh, a little bit earlier this year. And, 
I don't know, it kind of crept up crept up on me a little uh, quicker than I thought it would. So, but I'm excited for sure. I, you know, I'm I'm obviously, you know, everyone knows big Dodger fan here. Looking at my Dodgers boxing gloves I got in Vegas that night after I spent all that money when Golovkin got screwed, and I was hammered, and I bought boxing <laughs> shorts. <laughs> but that's beside the point. You know, I'm still kind of got, I'm still a little hungover from Game Seven. It was, you know, this was the best World Series I can remember since maybe the Twins Braves in '91. And the game seven, not so much I was mad about the Dodgers, you know, getting beat 5-1 or whatever it was, 5 nothing. It was more the fact that the series was so good, and then in two innings the game was over, and I was like, man. You know, I would have, I would have not been mad if the Astros would have beat them 3-2 to two in 10 innings. I wouldn't have cared because, you know what, I would say that I just watched one of the greatest World Series ever. But it was such an anticlimactic ending that I just want to wash this away. I want to be done with the season. I want 2018 to start, and it's going to happen. We got, we got a Cubs game at 1130, a Twins game at 230, a Dodgers game at 6. My three, three favorite teams are all playing consecutively. I get to watch everything. So I'm excited for it. Obviously, I need to get rid of that hangover and move forward. And the number one thing I'm trying to move forward on is what this Dodgers team is going to do. They're starting against the Giants. No Madison Bumgartner. He hurt his hand or broke his wrist or whatever, catching a line drive. I'm now expecting a sweep and a stop from the Dodgers. Hey, Berg, I want to deflect to you right off the bat. With that same mentality, what are you looking forward to most starting 2018 for your baseball season? Yeah, you know, I think that really what I'm looking for is um, is, re- is really the teams that are, um, are going to come out of nowhere this year. And cause I think if you followed free agency at all, that a lot of the teams at the top, they really – a lot of teams, you, you know, because with the free agent class next year with – you know, Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, you know, all those big names that um, you don't really see other, I mean, other than the Cubs, for example, but a lot of, of those top teams that we saw last year really didn't make any moves. And, you know, a lot of these, you know, smaller market teams like Milwaukee, like, um, like our twins, you know, they, they made really a, a lot of moves that um, could potentially get some um, different teams in the mix. So, I, I think at the top, um, you know, you're looking at Cleveland and New York, Boston, and the and obviously Houston again in the American League and the National League. Really, it's it's all about the Cubs and the Dodgers. But I think the the really the story I'm going to be looking for is, I mean, what other teams are going to emerge out of it? Jordan, I'm going to flip it over to your end. What are you looking forward to uh, moving to 2018? Uh, you know, I'm looking at. Uh, I, I'm thinking there might be a little more parity in in in, in some of the leagues. Um, I think you're going to see. Uh, I'm excited to see some of the new faces uh, in regards to uh, new faces or, or old faces in new places. Rather, you know, with Stanton going to uh, to New York, I think that's going to be um, uh, an interesting situation to say the least. Uh, you know, I'm really really excited to see. Uh, you know, Otani. I kind of want to see. If he's going to be the guy that uh, lives up to the hype, can he pitch, can he bat? Um, that's something I'm really excited for. Um, you know, I, man, uh, I want to hear what, uh, uh, let's see, uh, 
the I want to hear what John Sterling has ready and on deck for for when Stanton crushes his first giant home run, just because I think it's going to be one of the most ridiculous things on the planet as always. Uh, but uh, I mean, it, it's going to be cool. I, I I am excited about the beginning of the season. Um, the Twins, you know, they made a lot of moves to try and uh, get us excited. All they did was made me angry. But uh, oh, I, I, but but I mean, I look at. I look at some of these lineups and I think, damn, this is, this will actually be kind of good. Um, you know, you got Ichiro Suzuki playing for the Mariners again, bro. Yeah, that feels good. You know, I, I think one, one bit of parody too, that, that really bothers me literally ties together my three favorite teams. You saw the Dodgers last year. I, I love the move for you, Darvish. He, he literally, helped win win those two series with the Cubs and the Nationals. He played lights out. So for all the Dodgers fans who are mad that they got you Darvish because he blew game seven, they might not have even gotten to the World Series without him. So people need to stop hating on the fact that you Darvish did what he did. Look, he played fine. Things happen. We know that. If anything, you got to blame the coach for not for letting him face Springer like that. They should have pulled him and put Kershaw in when Kershaw was going to pitch seven innings. But this is me just ranting because I'm already going to get angry. That's not my mentality right now. I got angry on Monday talking about wrestling. I don't want to get angry again tonight. But the new season, the new season, new season. That's what we want to see. But this is where the peril ties in. So the Dodgers, they they did pay a lot. They gave up Willie Calhoun, who now it looks like Matt Kemp's going to be the everyday left fielder for the Dodgers. He's hitting the ball well, but we all know he's not a good outfielder. He's maybe good for twenty home runs. But he's the second highest paid player on the team. I don't think he's worth it. But if he helps, I'm excited. The guy they gave up, Willie Calhoun, is already looking to be the, the top three favorite behind Otani and Glaber Torres on the Yankees for Rookie of the Year. So they may be giving up the, the AL Rookie of the Year for something that didn't work. Which then ties you, Darvish, to the Minnesota Twins, who, as you said, made, made you angry because he was right in the palm of our hands and we just refused to give him an extra year, even though we were giving him more money than the, than the team, the third team that ties in the Chicago Cubs. So you Darvish kind of ties all three of my teams together. So I'm really focused on watching what you Darvish does. I want to know, should the Dodgers have brought him back? Should the twins have made a move to, to really get him? Can he bring the Cubs back to what what we've expected them to be. Obviously, as Hagberg said, the Cubs and the Dodgers look to be the centerpiece of the National League. With that being said and tying that all together, I want to ask you, uh, Nick Hagberg, first off, who can slide into that NL and really give some fits for the fact that, you know, the prize free agent you darts just jumped from one to the other and kept the, the landscape of the NL in the exact same spot with two teams? Yeah, so I mean, really, I I mean, I I mentioned the the Milwaukee Brewers um, as a team that made a lot of moves, and real I, I mean, if you look at other teams, I mean, Washington will definitely be there, and St. Louis, but I'm really looking at Milwaukee this year because you know they they end up getting two outfield outfielders that they desperately needed. They got Christian Yelich from the Marlins and uh, Lorenzo Cain from the Royals, and I think if you looked at that team last year, you had Eric Thames, Ryan Braun, Travis Shaw, just to name a few guys, and really, I, I think they're arguably probably a top 10 offensive team um, in the league, but the issue for them just comes down to pitching, because 
Um, they have a lot of had a lot of injuries last year on their pitching staff, and there's a lot of questions going into, into this year. But I think if you can see um, their pitching staff overachieve, kind of similar to what the Twins uh, did last year, I think that I think Milwaukee could be a team that could uh, give some teams some fits late in the season. You know, obviously uh, Davies, I believe, is going to be day one pitcher, Zach Davies. Um, you know, Milwaukee's got Chasen, you know, thrown in thir- thir- second. If I could speak, Giovanni uh, Gallardo comes back to that team from a, a, you know, what, years and years ago when he was he was a stud, I mean, doing 5-10 and ten last year. You mentioned the phantom pitching staff like the Twins. Can Zach Davies anchor that enough? To really, you know, I don't want to I don't want to say win these games by himself, but can he go long enough where they can short relieve to get Corey Nebel in to get more saves? I mean, he had 39 last year. He only had two coming into the season, but now he looks like he will be their everyday closing pitcher. He's only 26, but the thing is, you got to get there. And I don't know if this rotation has enough innings to get to him, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think I think the I think I, like I'm just looking at the rotation right now, and um, you know they have um, Zach Davies, who um, a lot of, I mean he he had some struggles last year, but he uh, I think he turned it around at the end of the year, um, and then they got that um, Chichin from the uh, from the Padres, who uh, who doesn't strike out anybody, but um, I don't know, <laughs> he, he, he's a <laughs> the the thing is he he gets a lot of um, he gets. He gets a lot of ground balls, I guess, if that makes sense. He he's he has like one of the, um, you know, he 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 gets the most ground outs per year. Like if you looked at like um, pitchers, um, but I mean, but bottom of the rotation that um, you know, like Wade, Wade Miley, in my opinion, is probably one of the worst pitchers there is. Um, <laughs> he, was, um, <laughs> he was he was absolutely terrible for for Baltimore last year. Um, yeah, so I mean, really, it's just it's going to be about just you know a lot like kind of like the Twins have done, you know, just you know score more runs than the other team, you know, that's the object of the game. But uh, you know, they're they're gonna they're gonna definitely have their struggles, but I, you know, if they can power through it, I I think they're going to be an exciting team to watch. You know, one other team, real quick, I wanted to bring up that's in the same division, and. By the way, yeah, you mentioned you mentioned one of the, you know him was one of the worst pitchers. Like I said, Giovanni Gallardo, man, if you'd have told me ten years ago he was their number four, I'd go, my God, that's a steal. You tell me this, it's like, huh? He's no better than Anibal Sanchez with his five seven three ERA or whatever Gallardo had. But not dogging the Brewers, even though they're in the the rival state, a team that I think is poised to potentially make some noise in the Central. And I say this with Milwaukee looking good, the Cubs being the Cubs, and the Cardinals always seem to play well. But the Cincinnati Reds, uh, Joey Votto put up an MVP-like season. Eugenio Suarez last year came out of nowhere, 26 home runs, 82 RBIs. They got Adam Duvall sitting at left field. Uh, you know, they're rocking center with Billy Hamilton, who who had a, a decent decent season but you know he's he seems like he's poised to really grab some bags this year if he can get on base but they're starting homer bailey for the first time as the opening day starter i know homer bailey has been the perennial when they drafted him and it just never seemed to fully work out 
they got the they got the confidence in Homer Bailey. You know, I mean, dude goes six and nine last year, six forty three ERA. But they're backing them. They got some bats. Does Cincinnati have any chance in making a dent in this division to you? Yeah, I mean, I think that I think they're a lot a lot similar to the Brewers. Um, you know, they you know awful pitching staff and pitching situation. And, and the problem is with them, like Milwaukee, they play in a hitter's park, and that's and I think that's I think the the whole the whole ballpark factor I think is something that people just totally ignore because. I mean, the problem with Cincinnati is, yeah, they you know they can put up ten runs, but their team can easily give up fifteen in the same game. Um, but I think um, you're talking about their pitchers. I think a guy that everybody needs to watch out for is uh, Luis Castillo. Uh, he they called him up, I believe, uh, mid-season last year, and uh, he's kind of their he's kind of been their top pitching prospect in their farm system. But um, he his numbers weren't great last year. But I I really think that, and a lot of people think that he's gonna turn it around this year and I, I would suspect that he would probably uh, be their number one pitcher by the end of the year Jordan I want to jump over to you here on this because yeah. I'm going to NL West and obviously if somebody goes hey Ryan what do you think of the NL West I'm just going to go Puig or I'm just going to go Kershaw I'm just going to yeah. say Bellinger hey, you know it's like listening to uh, uh, Ice Cube's son why can't, why can't I think of Ice Cube's son's name um, the hell is his name uh, something O'Shea. Yeah, O'Shea Jackson Jr., thank you. Uh, you know, he, he jumps in on ESPN LA, and somebody's like, well, you know, what are we going to do now that Justin Turner got injured until the middle of May? I mean, we, you know, Austin Barnes may play third base, you know, but or Kyle Farmer might be able to play third base. You know, O'Shea, I know you're not a big, a big baseball fan, but what do you do? And he just goes, Kobe. And he's like, so you just say, put Kobe at third base. He goes, just put in Kobe. You know, so that's kind of my answer when it comes to NLS. It's just, oh, Kershaw, I'll take care of it. Yeah. So I'm going to go to you on something we kind of talked about earlier. You mentioned hitters bar, ballpark, just like Hagberg just did with the Reds. It's Colorado Rockies, Bud Black's got this team poised to take a full shot. Last year, they just barely, uh, if, I'm, if I'm correct, uh, they played the Diamondbacks in the wild card game. Am I right? Uh, if I recall, yeah, you're right. Hagberg, can you can you verify? Yeah, I think I, yeah, I think they were. Uh, yeah, I think they were in there with the. the that's what I thought. I thought the NLS had three of the teams, but I just wanted to double check. They go they out deep. and they get the big closer. What's that? I said they were deep. Yeah, they picked up Wade yeah. Davis. Yeah, they pick up Wade Davis. Uh, John Gray goes ten and four last year. He's ready to start this rotation, but when you talk bats, David LeMahieu, Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story rounding up three of the four front there. They got Ionetta back at catcher, and obviously they got this guy named Charlie Blackman sitting at center field. They got Parr and Ian Desmond at left field. I mean, Gonzalez at right. They are stacked from head to toe with this team. Ian Desmond is their Kike Martinez. I mean, this dude could play left, he could play center, he can play shortstop, he can play first. Yeah. He's can this down. team... What's that? <laughs> I think he's, de- he's definitely versatile. And versatile. He he is Kike minus hitting three home runs in the postseason in the same game, like a boss. But that's why I'm trying to not talk NOS. Just for a chuckle, uh, as far as that, I, I have to throw this out there for a chuckle. Do you know who drafted Ian Desmond? Was it the Angels? No. It was, it was this team you might have heard of, the Montreal Expos in yeah! 2004. Uh, just, just, one of those, just one of those fun facts for you. 
Back when they had Wilton Guerrero and Vladimir Guerrero. <laughs> Back when they were in the Montreal Expos. <laughs> <laughs> Go get everybody named Guerrero. <laughs> but, but, it, but, but in all seriousness, the Diamondbacks take a big hit. They lose J.D. Martinez to the Red Sox. Paul Goldschmidt is still arguably one of the top players in the entire NL. But that's a big, big loss to your, to your batting, batting chart. Uh, your batting order. Excuse me. I don't know why I said chart. Can Colorado do enough to get in the postseason? And when I say get in the postseason, Jordan, I'm not saying they're going to they're going to dethrone the Dodgers for the division. That's not even me trying to be a homer. That's just truth. The Dodgers are winning this division for the next five years probably. But when the postseason starts, you know, if you get in the postseason, anything can happen. Can the Colorado Rockies do enough this year? to get past that wild card game and get into the playoffs. You know, I think for that spot, it's, it's going to be a little more of a fight. Uh, you know, I even look at a team like the Diamondbacks and I think they're, they're, they're made with, with some pretty good talent. They obviously got some pitching, uh, you know, Granky's going to be starting a little injured uh, to start, but once that loosens up, expect him to, to be throwing the ball still. Uh, can the Rockies make a push? I don't think they can make that push, to be honest. I, I, not yet. I think they're, they're, getting, they're getting set up for it, but I still think they're probably, honestly, if anything, it's going to be the pitching that makes a difference because, again, even though they, they're going to have a team full of hitters, it seems like they always seem to falter uh, when, when, uh, when it comes down to it, and they give up, they give up plenty of runs, too. Yep. And, and that was kind of where I looked at the team as – you know, adding a guy like Wade Davis with the Diamondbacks losing a, a talented bat, you know, that was kind of where I was 50-50. Hagberg, where do you feel about this Diamondbacks-Rockies logjam for second place? Or am I just crazy and one of these guys are going to knock out the Dodgers? No, I, th- I think the Diamondbacks, in, in my opinion, are the, are the clear number two. And the only reason why I say that is um, I think I think the loss of Tyler Chatwood for the Rockies is going to be huge. Um, for for instance, like I'm I, I, like I mean I'm just going to read these numbers and show you how good of a pitcher he was. So at home, like pretty much every other Colorado pitcher, his his ERA was 6.01. So he's giving up, you know, six. He's essentially getting himself out of the game by the fifth inning because he's giving up so many runs. But then if you look at his um, road ERA, it's all the way down to a 3.5. So I mean, I mean th- that that's. I, I think, to be honest with you, Tyler Chatwood was helping the Rockies a lot on the road. Because, I mean, Colorado, like you said, they have such a good offensive team. They're going to win a high percentage of their home games. But I think on the road, I mean, that's the key to their whole season. And I just don't think that their pitching staff is good enough to get it done. I, and I think that um, their pitching staff probably got a little bit worse because yeah. of that. Yeah. Chatwood last year, what was it? Uh, I think he had uh, 15 losses, if, I, if I'm reading this right here. Uh, only eight wins. Gives up a lot of runs. Not uh, not something you want to see. You're right. You know, but th- that road ERA is definitely something that that helps. I mean, it, you know, I you know I don't expect a, a Rockies pitcher to have a good ERA at home. You know, we kind of we we all kind of spitball with that. Um, you know, obviously closing out the NL, a team that really intrigues me. Um, Hagberg, I'll be jump into this one because I got I got a good team I want to throw at Jordan in a minute. The Atlanta Braves, uh, Freddie Freeman made strides to make people know that he is a player in the NL. 
Uh, Tyler Flowers, obviously a catcher with Kurt Suzuki, is a nice little one-two when you need it. Dansby Swanson, if he can hit that potential, will be somebody who can play well. They get Nick Markakis out at left field. Uh, Ronald, uh, Ronald Asuna is the clear favorite over a guy like Walker Bueller to win Rookie of the Year. So that's nice seeing him where he can start at right, still play center, definitely helps. But Julio Teheran really feels to me like he's poised and ready to take the ace spot. Apparently the Braves wanted to just grab a bunch of Dodgers because they're two and three on their depth chart is Brandon McCarthy and Scott Kazmir. Um, and obviously a role is as their closer. He's ready to start making some noise. Where do you think this Braves team can really finish out Hagberg? Uh, like you said, I mean, it's, it's all going to come down to uh, what, uh, what Mr. Julio is able to do. Cause uh, I mean, I, I mean, last year, I think, uh, he was somebody who I think a lot of people were excited about. And he, um, I don't know, he was really disappointing for them. And, I mean, they lost Freddie Freeman, obviously, during, you know, early to mid part of the season. So that kind of, uh, I mean, that kind of wrote the end of the story to that season for them. So, um, but, I, but, I mean, they have a lot of young players, and I think that it's definitely a rebuild. But I think it, I, I mean, I don't think they're going to contend for a playoff spot. But I think... This is a team maybe two, three years down the road that um, that you should be paying attention to because with Bryce Harper probably going to L.A. next year, um, I think I I know you love that, but uh, can you say that again? Can you say that again? Bryce Harper is going to be a Dodger in 2019. You like that? You like that? Ladies, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, and if you don't know, now you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm back. I'm back. I apologize. I just had to. I just had to spaz for a moment. Uh, you, you spazzed. You did good. <laughs> yeah, but what I was saying, um, I mean, that division is going to be up for grabs. I mean, um, it's going to be a free for all because I don't. I mean, the Washington front office is a disaster as it is. So I think that division is going to be up for grabs, and I think that uh, Atlanta might be the team to take control of that in a few years. Obviously, Nationals they lose Bryce Harper. You know they they really have to to live on Anthony Rendon to be their their be all end all. People have talked NL MVP with him. You know if Harper leaves Hagberg, where do you see the rest of the squad? Do do you see everybody else kind of fall suit? I mean, do they lose with Scherzer the Nas- with the Nationals? Yeah, like if Harper goes, do you think other people go well? If they didn't even keep Bryce, why do I want to be here? Yeah, I mean, I think that. Um, you know, I think their their pitching staff is still, I don't know, I, I wouldn't say it's great, but I mean, obviously Max Scherzer is kind of the, is obviously the team, you know, lives and dies by how he pitches. But yeah, I mean, if if I'm Max Scherzer, um, I mean, I, I can't speak for him, but if I'm in a, in a position like him, you know, um, you know, he, he's not uh, getting any, he's not getting any younger. I mean, he, he's actually... Um, I don't know his age, but I know, you know, he's not, um, he doesn't have, he probably doesn't have a lot of, um, a lot of years left as an elite pitcher. So, yeah, I mean, if Harper leaves, um, I don't know on offhand what his contract situation is, but um, I would presume that, you know, if I'm him, I'd probably want to go somewhere and, and win a championship because yeah. um, definitely want to be there. 
hey man, we we got a we got a hole in the outfield if you want to come over. I mean, right field we got Yasiel Puig. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, we can make accommodations and maybe put Yasiel in left field if Bryce wants to come over. I'm cool with that. You know, we got to talk to Yasiel first, but. The hell with it. Look, I'll give you Yasiel Puig, man. I'll I'll unscrew my Yasiel Puig uh, light switch cover and throw it in the garbage if you mean to tell me I get Bryce Harper. That's how quick I will <laughs> sell his ass out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, don't worry about that. Um, another team in the NL East here, Jordan, the Philadelphia Phillies. They go out and get Jake Arrieta. They really want to try to relive the magical days of that pitching rotation that they used to have where they were four deep making runs. Does Philly do anything in this division? I'll tell you right now, they're not four deep. Um, they definitely got uh, a solid one-two punch with Aaron Nola and Jake Arietta, uh, but they're definitely not four deep. Um, you know, the problem also is when, 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 Philadelphia really started falling off. It's not necessarily their pitching that people got a hold of. It's the fact that their hitters couldn't hit. And that's the problem they're still at. I think their one, two, and three are like a Dubal Herrera, uh, the <laughs> Carlos Santana, and Cesar Hernandez. Um, all of them are hitting, uh, I mean, nobody, nobody's, but, but nobody's hitting big bats. I mean, um, you know, Santana, uh, he doesn't have uh, the power. He's like 15 home runs short of what he did last year or the, the previous year, rather. I think he hit at 34 and uh, last year, I'm sorry, 11 home runs off. He did uh, 23 the previous year. It's the bats that make, um, you know, that, that are going to make some of the difference here because if, if your, your pitchers are giving up short games, but if you guys aren't putting the runs on the board, it's not going to happen. And I see that being the problem with Philadelphia still. You know, one thing with Philly, too, that scares me is Hector Neres, their, their you know, 28-year-old closer. Dude had 26 saves last year, 86 strikeouts. Decent numbers, you know, I mean, it, that's not a bad statistical number. 74 games played, 74 innings. So, you know, he's he's getting, you know, a strikeout, you know, every three games, you know, but he's getting a job or a strikeout, you know, one a game. So he's striking out one out of his three. But the thing that scares me, man, is when your closing pitcher averages one inning a game and he's got a 3.01 ERA, good Lord, that's either you got a big enough lead that it doesn't matter or what? Because he only has three blown saves last year, four holds, 26 saves. He went four and five. But a three-run ERA when you play one inning a game scares the hell out of me. Yeah. And with the bats that you are talking about not being accompanying, not accompanying him to those innings, I'm sorry, man. Uh, obviously – because of Mike Garino, we're not going to talk about the New York Mets because I just hate on Garino, so we're not talking to Mets. But I do nice. want to throw one more team at you, Hagberg, before we move to the AL. Can you make any sense of this Miami Marlins team? Oh, I mean, if I mean, if you look at the Houston Astros and what they did uh, a couple of years ago, it makes sense. But um, but the, the 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 problem I have with Miami, it's like. It's it's almost like a it's almost like a joke at this point. I mean, like like the fans are laughing about it, like talking about oh we're gonna have you know five thousand people for opening day. Like it's just like I, I mean like Houston at least to me had a lot of great young prospects, but like Miami, it's like they're just pawning off their guys left and right and just saying you know what we're this is like a long term thing and I don't know I just I, I mean I, I get where they're coming from, but it, to be honest with you I. 
I'm going to say this in the nicest way possible. I think it would be great if they lost 120 games just to, you know, teach them a lesson about tanking, but that's my own opinion. <laughs> um, I want to kind of doubleheader of this team here, getting out of the way. Jordan, um, let's talk Minnesota Twins in the AL Central. What do you think this team's going to do? Can they sneak into a wild card spot again? Obviously, Lance Lynn comes in to be the number two behind Berrios. What do you want to? I don't even know if I want to say what do you want to see, but what do you what do you think is going to happen with this team? Michael Pineda's on the sixty day DL. Trevor May's on the sixty day DL. Once June hits, though, that's two pitchers that helps. I mean, obviously, I'm preaching to the choir. What do you think of the Twins, Jordan? You know, I, I, here's the thing: is I actually like the lineup. I like the position players moves they did. I like the fact they did get Kepler. I like the fact they did get Eduardo Escobar, um, or not rather, um, I'm sorry, it was Logan Morrison rather. Um, you know, obviously they got the good news this week with the fact that uh, Miguel Sano is not going to be uh, looks like receiving any sort of suspension um, for his, uh, you know, for the issues that he had. Um, or potentially had allegedly there, uh, you know, so, you know, they don't have to worry about that, that he can focus on the baseball there. Uh, the pitching is going to be the question mark. And obviously, you know, they, uh, they, they picked up what Jake Odorizzi, uh, you know, is, is he going to be a, uh, is he going to be somebody who can actually, uh, you know, push through, but I mean, he's a four one four guy in Tampa Bay. I mean, uh, another guy that, uh, you know, another middle of the road, 500 pitcher, uh, added to a roster full of middle of the road, 500 pitchers. Um, if, you know, uh, good news is I think the Maurer contract is going to be up. Hopefully he'll give us a deal. Cause obviously we overpaid for him after that MVP season. In my opinion, I still contend to that. <laughs> and a lot of people will give me crap about hey, saying Joey, that. How yeah, the knees, Jowie. Uh, but uh, bilateral leg weakness aside, you know he's been honestly he's been consistent Damn. at the very least. You know he had a good uh, uptick last year, back to that 300 average again. Um, but but uh, yeah, I think that they're going to make the playoffs. I think honestly, I think the central is theirs uh, based on the moves that they made, uh, just just in the position side of things. Um, and if we can get just that regular consistency out of Barrios. Um, you know, if uh, Phil Hughes can be Phil Hughes from what two and two and a half years ago, rather than Phil Hughes of last year and the injuries, um, that'd be awesome too. But yeah, let's. Um, I, I think I think it's theirs. I, I would have liked them uh, again. Obviously, you talked about it with the with the Dodger. <laughs> you <bit>. Darvish. You <laughs> Darvish would have been nice in that lineup. I all right. I will say that. But but you know, uh, that be damned. It's not a it's not a bad lineup on on paper on paper. Yeah. You know, in, in the Phil Hughes thing, yes, I, I know yesterday, or la- yesterday, last last year, as you mentioned, I mean, he still went 4-3 and three in a winning record. He's our fifth starter. So I, I can't be too mad about a winning record pitcher being our number five. Because, you know, you look two, three years ago when, um, oh, what was that? What was the guy's name? Hey, Berg, help me out here. He, the, uh, he was the number five in, on the Dodgers, and the Twins signed him to be the number one, and we were – dumbfounded that they did that and he got smoked and he didn't even make it through the year oh oh man i'm trying to i, I know who you're talking about i, you know what I'm talking about? I, I know what you're was, talking about but he, i i can't like, think of his name this guy was oh, barely the five in la and the twins are like come on down and lead us off opening day i'm gonna i'll have to, I'll, I'll have to google it here in a minute but um hey we're obviously i want to flip to you in a second here on the twins i 
I love Byron Buxton. You know, I remember posting a picture a couple of years ago when I got a Buxton jersey and everyone said burn it. And now I'm like, ah, middle fingers to all of you guys because he's, you know, MLB's got him ranked like the sixth best center fielder in the league. So, you know, suck it. Uh, Addison Reed comes in to really help this bullpen because our bullpen has been just trash. Getting Addison Reed helps. Fernando Rodney as the closer is going to be fun to see what he can do. Hopefully, Sano can keep doing what he was doing. We can get Dozier of two years ago back. The team seems poised. You know, Jordan mentions Max Kepler. Still blew my mind last year when I'm like, we got a kid from Germany on the team. I didn't know they played baseball. That was crazy. But they look good. Obviously, we're going to double dutch on this team. Hagberg, what do you think about the Minnesota Twins this year? Yeah, I mean, I pretty much I, I pretty much agree with everything uh, both of you said. I, I just wanted to add two things. I um, Number one, I think the, the Hori Polanco situation getting suspended um i think like half the year for uh performance enhancing drugs i i i'm really interested to see what's going to happen there because um you know they have that adrianza they got eduardo escobar so it's um you know the the middle of the infield is kind of thin um so i'm i mean from an offensive standpoint i'm kind of concerned about that and uh and i guess just kind of to touch on miguel sano um he's a guy who i've kind of been I guess as a Twins fan, I've kind of been worried about, uh, you know, he obviously had that um, the controversy over the off season. I mean, he didn't legally um, get charged for it, but, um, but yeah, I mean, he showed up to camp overweight, and I think, you know, I just think all that controversy. I, don't, I mean, I hope it doesn't affect him, but, uh, but I mean, if you're just watching him last year, he was hurt at the end of last year. He had, you know, he had a bunch of strikeouts. He was. You know, which is a problem. I mean, it's great that the guy hits 30-plus home runs, but I I just think that as great as we look on paper on offense, I um, as a fan, um, I want him to do great, but I'm still kind of skeptical, I guess, on uh, how good they may be. You know, one thing, too, we got to look at is if Michael Pineda can come back healthy and do, you know, half to three-fourths of what we want from him. And let's not still forget Irvin Santana's out for, what, four months? You know, you add Pineda and Santana to a lineup with Barrios and Lance Lynn, and then you got Ordozzi, Gibson, and Hughes to kind of flip between your fifth starter. That's a good problem to have. And I can't remember the last time we've been able to say that with the Twins having a problem of who to play as their fifth starter because they have so many options. Um, Kevin Tappany. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and here's, here's, here's even something crazy to think about is who's to say you don't do what the Dodgers did last year, which worked amazing. If you remember, you know, watching the playoffs, they took Kenta Maeda, put him in the bullpen. He was the best closer in all of baseball or not closer, but best reliever, like in all of baseball when he came in for the playoffs. Who's to say we can't take a guy like Kyle Gibson and make him a long reliever. You know how much it would help our bullpen? And getting to put him out there every other day would be tremendous. So I think there's a lot of options that this team does have. I do agree the snow strikeouts really did make me nervous. A part of me wonders how much of a, of a, of a ransom of prospects we could get for Miguel Sano. I know people are probably mad about me saying that. But before anything crazy happens or – 
he digresses anymore if he does. I don't want to not get anything or lose him for nothing, if that makes sense. If I can, just, just, just playing devil's advocate here, looking at all his metrics, I know you guys are talking strikeouts. He still had less strikeouts than the previous year with uh, two less uh, games played. Um, and actually, uh, what, 13 less at-bats. He also, is, his average was uh, 30 points higher damn near. He also had more ribbies by 11, uh, more dingers by three, and just generally more hits. Like, all the metrics were actually trending upwards despite, despite those can strike you, arts, which were still on pace. Can you look, though, as August-September numbers compared to it? That's what the scary part is. Oh, well, yeah, when it, when it came down to, the, uh, to the, uh, that last quarter there, that, that did get rough. Um, that's where, and, and obviously when when that's the last instance you have of them, that's what makes you. Like, I don't want to like. And, and here's the thing: is I don't want to David Ortiz this. I don't want to overthink it. And something happens, and we're like, damn it, we're idiots, and this is just the Twins. Uh, Elijah pointed out too. Miguel Sano walks a lot. And that's a very good point. He does get walks, um, and he gets on base, and it helps. It's this team is so Elijah. I know you said to unmute you, but I haven't seen your number. Uh, pop up at any point. So if if you don't hit one, your number won't show up. Uh, if you hit one, uh, the twins are all yours. I'll, before we move on, I'll give you a, I'll give you the floor for a minute as a sportscast alumni. Um, but it's you know it, it's I I'm looking at this guys as I want the best for this team. I want to see this team succeed, and I don't want another guy to leave this team like David Ortiz did where we don't get back what we should. And if he's going to become David Ortiz, then I don't want to move him anyway. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's, they're in such a tough situation. And I think it all boils down to exactly what you mentioned, Jordan. And, you know, Hagberg, me and you talked about this a lot throughout the month of, of January. And, uh, and, you know, even a little in February, it's frustrating that this team didn't sign you Darvish, man. It's, it just, it blows my mind. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I, and still, it's still something that's going to, it could potentially sting. I mean, like, let's, let's be honest. If he goes, if he goes into Chicago as a banner year and we're going to say to ourselves, yep, that could have been us for an extra, an extra year. Because let's look at the offense. I mean, he probably will. That team, you know, they got Kyle Schwarber back. I mean, this team's probably going to be poised to do what they do. Um, I know, Jordan, you mentioned that the, the division is theirs to be taking. So I wanna, I'm going to throw one throw one to Mr. Nick Hagberg here. Defending division champions, Cleveland Indians. Are they the prize, prize pig in this, in this uh, what, what is that, what is that, in this fair or is, is Jordan right? The Twins got a got a good shot at the throat in Cleveland. I mean, I mean, I, th- I, th- I think the Twins. I mean, I think personally, I think the Twins will make it interesting. You know, uh, assuming their pitching staff holds up, you know, in August and September. But I think, I mean, I mean, if you told me to to pick a team to win the division, I mean, I I don't know how you could um, pick anyone other than the Indians. I think that, you know. And I think that's the reason why I say that is, um, you know, you know, you know, us complaining about you, Darvish, right here. Cleveland has the starting pitching. I mean, Corey Kluber. I mean, I I know the guy blows up from time to time, but 
if there's any pitcher in baseball to put out on the mound, to, to me it's, you know, he's in my top five hands down. And I just think that when you get into September and get into these big games, you, you need a guy like that. I mean, because games in September, there's, you know, highly contested games. It's intense. And, you know, ultimately sometimes it comes down. I mean, who do you want on the mound? you want Jose Barrios or do you want Corey Kluber? You know, I think it's an easy choice. Mm. Yeah, that that's a, that's a good point here. Uh, you know, I, I want to jump to that team who's made some noise over the years and now kind of regressed and, and, you know, I'm going to throw them to Jordan, but um, I made the, I, I did the Google search and then I completely forgot because we started complaining about Darvish. Elijah got me back on track. Ricky Nolasco was the pitcher that, that we were thinking of Hagberg. Oh, that, that's right. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, as I got in all capital letters, Ricky Nolasco's garbage ass. And I was like, Ooh. Oh, that's right. Oh my God! He, he was—he was the fringe number five on the Dodgers. The Twins are like, "Hey, buddy, you're gonna get the ball open a day. Let's go!" <laughs> it's like, what? Wait, wait, no, 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 no. That guy and sucks. He claimed nuts. it was an injury he, uh, that 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 he never got healed from. And uh, oh my God, you're trash, Ricky. Ricky, Ricky Natrashko is more like it. <laughs> where where the guy is? Trash. Yeah, Ricky In the words of, you know, a new swear word on standing eight count is now Bob Aram. So for you, Elijah, on Ricky Nolasco. Oh, Bob Aram. But let's let's go to that this team, Jordan. Kansas City Royals. They're kind of you never know where they're going to be. Yeah, I mean they lose Logan Kane as as we brought up. You know, the rest is history. What is this no team going to do? You know, they're, oh, they're God, gonna... Eric Excuse me, the Padres. I, Tell yeah, about I, I mean, oh, I know it. I know it. I mean, and, 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 you know, that was kind of one of my reasons against the Indians, too, is, is you got to wonder why these guys are not getting re-signed to the teams that they've been with or they're not re-signing with them. Um, you know, there's got to be something to, to be said for that. And I feel like Kansas City, since winning the championship, they're heading in the wrong direction. They're not – they're not, uh, you know, very similar to the, uh, God, uh, the, the Florida Marlins after they won theirs. You know, they just started letting the team go piece by piece. Um, it, it's, it's, and that's what they're doing. I, I look at this roster; it's nowhere near as strong or as, uh, as deep as it was when they when they made that run or when they they made the runs in general to get up there. Um, you know, yeah, they still got Moose. Obviously, uh, 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 the the centerpiece of that team there hitting his prime at 29. I mean, that dude's he's still going to be awesome. Um, but but after that, it, it starts to the it starts to fall down a little quick. You got John Jay, it's pretty solid. Salvador Perez at that at catcher, pretty good. Alex Gordon's still there, but uh, and Alcides even Alcides Escobar at the nine for the shortstop there. But the pitching lineup, uh, not uh, outside of Kelvin Herrera, who I, I absolutely love as a closer. I, it just kind of got a man crush on him, uh, but uh, might be the beard. Uh, but he, uh, it's it's one of those things where they're just not the team that they were, and I think that uh, it's it's obviously another reason that the Twins tick up in my in my opinion. Oh my God, Ricky Delasco in his in his MLB career was 114 and 118 with a 4.56 ERA. Oh, oh, he sucks. Obviously. Uh, <laughs> You know, look, I'm going to break this team down 
as, as quick as possible so we can have uh, Hagberg close out the AL Central for us with the Chicago White Sox. Uh, but before I go to the White Sox and Hagberg and his thoughts on that team, the Detroit Tigers, I, I really wanted to talk to Detroit Tigers because they're in such a, a shamble with the moves they made and the players that they've lost and how bad this team is. There was a kid interviewed during spring training, and they said, hey, you know, uh, they have a live mic in his hand. You know, what do you think? You're here to, you know, you're here to cheer on the Detroit Tigers? Yeah, I, I like the Tigers. All right, why don't you tell everyone who your favorite Tiger is? And he goes, none of them. And that literally says it all for me. Like, <laughs> you, you have a kid who says nobody is his favorite player on this team. You know, they still have Miggy, and he doesn't even like him. You look at you look at this starting lineup. James McCann, Dixon Machado, Jimer Candelario, Jose Iglesias, Mike Madhook, Mickey Matuk, Leon's Martin. Leon's Martin sounds like Leon's Maxwell Gilliams in the <laughs> East-West Bowl. <laughs> I mean, they say I'm Victor Martinez at DH. You know, Sh- Shane Green is their close. This team sucks. You know, Hagberg, I'm willing to challenge your 120 Marlins loss with this Detroit Tigers team. Oh, oh yeah, I would do it. it oh, it, it, and you know what the worst part about it is? I, that look, really I, love, I, 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 <laughs> I, you know, I, I love Ron Gardenhire, but what are they doing hiring Ron Gardenhire, a guy who, to be honest with you, is almost on the verge of retirement? And you're gonna hire Ron Gardenhire to take over your your rebuild? Like, I mean, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. I I was shocked when I heard Gardy got hired. <laughs> is that why Francisco Liriano is in the five slot? Because Gardy's there? Like, give me a break! Hmm. Wow. It's yeah. He's, he's gonna be like uh, coach in, uh, in 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 major league. I love this British stuff. <laughs> <laughs> What was that guy? What was his name? What, uh, um, oh man, I keep thinking of, uh, what the guy's like, Rosenbagger, go talk to so and so. And he's like, all right, Henry. (laughs) 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 I'll I'll get the Google machine out. We're closing out this this AL Central team that. Deadman. Guy, uh, you know, a team that. Is kind of led with with the youth, I guess. To me, uh, Juan Moncada coming over in that in that trade. Where do you think the White Sox are going to kind of finish here, Hagberg? Yeah, I think um, you know. I, I think their their offense isn't bad. Um, I, I think during the actually during spring training, if um, if I remember, they put up like. 15 runs and um, not many innings the other day. So, I mean, I, I think that they have a lot of young players. I mean, obviously, Jose Abreu is their, you know, their top guy. But, uh, but you know, T- Tim Anderson had some pop in the in the bat last year. Uh, um, Garcia out in right field. They got Wellington Castillo now behind the plate. But, um, but, I, but looking at that team, I think the, their biggest pitfalls are pitching staff. I mean, they – you know, I have my list of like terrible pitchers, and uh, they got two of them on my on my list: uh, James Shields and uh, Hector Santiago, everyone's favorite Minnesota twin. So, um, hey, we're not to cut you off, but James Shields is their day one starter. This well, yeah, dude no, made 
twist, and he's day one. That's terrible. Well, that's the well, that's the thing. Well, the thing is, though, it's it, you know, it, it's kind of like the Homer Bailey thing. Like, I think Homer Bailey for the Reds, he's a terrible pitcher, but I think you know he's been around the, the team long enough, you know, and they're you know they're good buddies with them, so you know they're so they give him the ball on opening day, even though he sucks. I mean, that's that's just how it works when you're a bad team. <laughs> it's it's going to be interesting, and this is why. I do think the Twins could make a make a postseason appearance or a run. Is they should have a winning record against three of their four division opponents, and if they play well with Cleveland, they could literally take you know a ton of these divisional games and really really stack some W's. Um, obviously, we're going to save the AL West for last here because the because the the defending champions are in it. But I know this is a team we've argued a little about, Jordan. I said I have a feeling they're going to underachieve. You said that's not possible with how many runs they're going to score. Jordan, what's your feeling on these New York Yankees with this lineup of bats? This is a this is a team that we haven't seen since. Uh, I mean, they they last won it what nine years ago, and I think they're going to be poised to make a good run this year. Um, it's going to take some some pitching help. Um, you know, you need some stability there. Hopefully CC's come back from his, uh, his, uh, his treatment, you know, healthier, um, you know, you know, obviously he's another year older, but he's, he's not, he's not the anchor anymore. He's the number three guy. So that's the good news there from the pitching side of things. They still got Masahiro Tanaka who by and large has actually been pretty solid. And actually I was kind of surprised to see that they didn't market him a little more, um, as far as uh, that goes in number two, they're going to be running Luis Severino uh, off the top there. But their four and five is still Sonny Gray and Jordan Montgomery. Uh, Montgomery, both very serviceable. And if you look at that closer, come on, it's a world of Chapman, man. It's a, it's a, it's yeah. a man who can come out and spit fire. So, I mean, if they go into a, a ninth inning with a lead, they're, they're, they're going to be doing pretty good. Um, but then yeah. here's the thing about getting to that lead. Their, their opening day lineup is is – they're putting it listed as Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton as the one and two. Then you're going to have Didi Gregarious and Gary Sanchez on, on the three and four. That first four, all of them are capable of going yard. Like, think about that's just the first four. You still have Aaron Hicks at five. Uh, obviously, you know, a, a, a player that I wish we didn't get rid of, but obviously he was inconsistently here. But uh, he, uh, he's obviously found his way in New York. Uh, Brandon Drury at third base. You got Brett Gardner who can still swing the stick. That's five, six, and seven. Their weakest points are really going to be. Uh, you got Jacoby that? Ellsbury. You got still got Jacoby oh. Ellsbury sitting in between, you know, under Hicks and you know Jordan. I I, I don't know if you're going to get to him, but if you if you want, you know, if you got something with this dude, Glaber Torres sitting there ready to win Rookie of the Year, and this dude's sitting on third of the depth chart at shortstop and second base, dude. Yeah, I mean, and that's and that's uh, they're a deep squad, and uh, I know they got Greg Bird, uh, who's going to be out the first six to eight weeks because of the because uh, he had the foot surgery in the first base. It's 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 a very deep team, and and honestly, I I, I refuse to believe that they are not going to. I I want to say walk away with the AL East. I'm going to say that uh, they they're going to be a hundred win team this year, and 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 they're going to they're going to make some heads roll with uh, with some of these home run numbers. Well, I mean, you know, I can't disagree. When you're when you're number four pitcher is CC Sabathia, yes, he's you know he's not what he used to be. But I mean, look, 
I'm a guy who th- I thought Sonny Gray was a little overrated to be a starter. But the fact that Severino is going to be the one and Sonny Gray will be behind him, Sonny Gray's a very good number two, and I can't dis- dispute it as much. But, you know, one thing that didn't get touched on, you know, they still, let's not forget, they still got, they still got Denlin Batonsis and David Robertson in that relieving role. So even if you get the six, you can put in David Robinson in the seven, and you can put in Denlin Batonsis in the eighth, and now you get to roll this Chapman. I mean, the closing, the, I don't know. I just, a part of me doesn't want to agree with you because I want to see the team not succeed. But, you know, with the points you made, Jordan, it's hard to not agree that they walk away with it. The counter I come I come at you, uh, Mr. Nick Hagberg, can the Boston Celtics be the team that stops this new Yankees dynasty? The Boston Celtics cannot stop the Yankees. They I don't have Boston enough Red Sox. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I, I got it. Oh, fuck! Aaron. <laughs> Look, you subbed Lonzo out early in the first and third quarter, uh, <laughs> early in the first and third quarter to get him run with the second unit, and then that unit played very well together. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the thought process on that and why you think that unit worked so well? Um, yeah, his dad was talking, so I took him out early. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Apparently, Taker Down Ted was talking, was talking, so they took me out of the game. I apologize. Yeah, we're we're gonna, we're gonna take him out. So going with what Ryan said here, the Boston Red Sox here. Do you think uh, Nick? Do you think that they can make a run against the Yankees in that LA, AL East? Yeah, I mean, I I think I mean just looking at their team, I they're, they're really I mean they don't have as much power obviously as the Yankees do in their lineup, but I mean looking at their team from top to bottom, um, Mookie Betts, Andrew Benintendi. Uh, Hanley Ramirez and uh, Rafael Devers, and uh, even Xander Bogart started uh, hit, hit, hitting uh, for some, you know, for some home runs even at the end of last year when he's typically not a big power guy. So I think, although they won't have as much power as New York, I think that their lineup is definitely, um, I mean, it definitely, it definitely should be respected. And I think their pitching staff. Um, is going to be kind of a question. I mean, David Price, I worry about. He, you know, he's not getting any younger either. He had his struggles last year. Um, Rich Porcello, another guy I'm kind of worried about. But, uh, but I don't know, I forgot, I hate to mention this, but uh, but J.D. Martinez, another guy that yeah. he went after. Not forget a 45 homer. I think that guy right there is going to, um, I think I think he's going to get Boston. I, I think, I, I don't think the Yankees are going to run away with the division. At all, um, they you know they got Craig Kimbrell who is untouchable if he has a lead in the ninth inning. So, yeah, I mean I I think that sure I think New York will win the division, but I think you know it's going to be a race in September, and I think that it's going to be a storyline that a lot of people are going to be excited about. So you're saying uh, Boston Red Sox, New York Yankees is is back to being must see TV again. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, well, and then you're gonna, you know, and then you'll get the people complain about the four and a half hour games. But you know what? It's baseball. <laughs> That's all right. I'm gonna yeah. adjust my, I'm gonna adjust my, uh, my straps on my batting gloves 16 times. Step out of the box. But hey, we got the, we got the pitch clock now, don't we? <laughs> uh, next year. <laughs> I'm gonna get my, my long Hideo Nomo 
wind up and then have somebody steal off me. Um, <laughs> Jordan, go with the ALAs. Baltimore, Tampa Bay, Toronto. Any of those teams do anything for you with how much we just put over the Yankees and the Red Sox? Uh, you know, I, I still love uh, I still love my uh, my uh, my my Blue Jays Joey a little Bat. bit there. Uh, they, well, you know, they got they got some solid. They still got some solid players. They, obviously, they got uh, Russell Martin. They got Kendrick Morales. They got Curtis Granderson. They, they're still have a, a decent team as far as that goes. But their problem is going to be the pitching, and they don't they don't have the horses that can run with uh, um, with either of the two teams that we just talked about. It, it's unfortunately third place. It, nobody's looking at them. It's going to be like very much what the Hagbert said. If there is going to be a team that's going to mess with anybody, it's going to be Boston and messing with the Yankees. But it's. Uh, Blue Jays, Blue, I wish I wish they still had Joey Bats. Hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, same question your way, uh, Nick. What do you think? You know, can any of these teams do enough to contribute to that division, or is this still Yankees Red Sox running away with it? Um, I think I don't know. I I kind of agree. I th- I think maybe Toronto could make it interesting. Um, I, I really like um, Marcus Stroman um, and that uh, Marcus Estrada. He's, I mean, he's inconsistent, but you know, he, you know, he's had some potential. And uh, and, and they still, I mean, they have big names in their lineup. But the problem is, like guys like Josh Donaldson, Troy Tulowitzki. I mean, all these guys are getting old, and they're really Curtis Granderson. Um, Curtis Granderson, another one. Yeah, I mean, these guys. I mean, they're, they're they're big names, and they, you know, they look good on paper. But I think at the end of the day, like. It's just not going to be enough. Um, obviously, now the AL West, the Houston Astros were poised to do big things with the way that they, you know, you almost could say they 76 or trust the process to get them there. I want to wait on the Astros, and I want to, I want to, I want to jump into something here. A random team I'm going to throw at you, Hagberg, is the Oakland Athletics. This is a team who always seems to either be there or completely fly off the radar. But they never can do enough to get to the big dance. Do they have any chance of making any dent in Houston's chance to take that division? Yeah, I mean, I was was kind of looking at them a little bit recently, and uh, most people or most, you know, experts have them – um, finishing last in the division, um, but I mean, if you look at their team, it it's really um, it, it's really kind of a boom or bust type of team. Um, like for instance, um, uh, you know that you know I think um, they got Simeon at shortstop, and uh, he was hurt all of last year, um, so he was you know he he wasn't a part of their team. Uh, Jed Lowry's another one, Chris Davis, um, so all these guys are just really boomer bust type of players. And I think that's the problem with Oakland is just the consistency of their team. Um, but I think pitching, pitching wise, they're going to struggle. Um, I think the guy that stands out the most to me is uh, Sean Manaya. I think he is a guy that um, I, I think he should be a guy that should probably be pitching on a different team. I think that um, he's the type of guy that I think teams should be going after at the deadline. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, the rest they are, I mean, it's just the, the problem is they're just not consistent enough, and that that and when you're playing in a division with the Angels and obviously arguably the best team in baseball, the Astros, like 
you really have no chance, in my opinion. Two guys I wanted to ask you about, Nick, and that's why I wanted you to jump on this Oakland thing. Jonathan Lucroy comes in from Colorado. Does he do enough to give you some power to try to get some runs on the board? The second person I'm looking at that I wanted to ask you about, um, you know, he went six and four last year. Can Kendall Graveman really take the right step to becoming a number one? Yeah, um, I, I think just to touch on, on Lucroy, um, he's a guy that um, obviously had a really successful career in Milwaukee. Um, and I think I think going to Colorado, I, here's my take on him. I think that, like we talked about Colorado, um, offensive stats are going to be kind of inflated. So I don't really um, – I mean, it's kind of like the Michael Kadire effect. I mean, he, he goes from the Twins to Colorado, and the dude wins a batting title. Like, that's – I mean, he, Michael <laughs> Kadire's not a batting champ, you know. So I, I think it's kind of something similar like that. Um, and Kendall Graveman – if you look at it, I mean, he's been getting, actually, I'm looking at his stats right now. His ERA has been getting worse by the year. Um, that's why I mentioned Sean Manaya. I think, I think he's, to me, he's one of, I mean, he has his moments, yes, but, um, but I think out of all those pitchers on that team, um, you know, I, I just think that I, the bottom line is they, they don't have enough. I mean, <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, I, I, I hope they, I don't think they'll lose a hundred games, but, um, but yeah, it's going to be a battle for last place probably between uh, them and the Mariners. Obviously, Mariners, you know, they bring back Ichiro as their their big be all end all type deal. Um, obviously, to me, that's more of a ticket sale uh, slash get Ichiro to retire on the team, which I think is the best best approach. But yeah, I mean, you know, Segura, Robinson Cano. They have Kyle Seeger, who in the the nickname Jersey game wore Corey's brother, who's younger than him. Obviously, he knows his place. Um, Gordon out in center field. They really don't have enough to get anywhere. Uh, Cruz at the DH helps. But it's another thing. I mean, you know, King Felix the King Hernandez isn't even the number one anymore. They're running James Paxton as a starter. Paxton, they go 12-5, and five, under three ERA. So I get it. It's a passing of the torch. But I agree. I think the Mariners – you know, to be frank, Nick, I think the I, I think the, the Mariners are below the, the Oakland A's even. But that's, that's to be seen. The team that's kind of the wild card in between here before we get into the big two guns of this AL West, Jordan, I want to dive to you on this. The Los Angeles Angels – they make the most impressive off-season move because they get the most versatile weapon we've seen in the league. And I know people are already going, he sucks. Well, it's spring training. Shut up. Let, let's see what happens before we jump to any kind of a conclusion. Hint, hint, wink, wink to the gamer tag in the Twitter. But they went out and they were able to obtain Shohei Otani, who will be in their starting rotation uh, for the 2018 season, potentially the number two pitcher as well behind Garrett Richards, but he also gets to come in with Pujols as the two DHs. I think it's tremendous. I'm excited to be honest with you. When we get off the uh, we get off the air here tonight, I'm probably going to boot up MLB 18 the show because I got it today since it came out, and I'm going to see how this Otani thing works in the game if they did it right. 
where do you think the Angels get to get to settle in in the AL West, Jordan? You know, it's it's going to be a tough spot to be honest. Um, you know, you, you you talk about the versatility of him. You look at the rest of their pitching staff, and it is still a little sketch. You got Garrett Richards, Tyler Skaggs, uh, Matt Shoemaker, and uh, and JC Ramirez rounding it out. Not a bun, not exactly a, a powering presence there. But what they do have, obviously, is they have a perennial MVP candidate, Mike Trout. They got Justin oh, yeah. Upton and Ian Kinsler also rounding at the top half of the, uh, the lineup. And then you still got some serviceable guys. Uh, probably my uh, low-key, my, my favorite catcher in the league right now is, uh, is Martin Maldonado. So, um, you know, I, I, think, uh, I think there's definitely, uh, as far as um, – as far as bats goes, they get they get some decent they get some decent power. They can put it to go. They can definitely put it together um, as far as those runs goes. But I think they're going to need to rely on that uh, on that aspect more than the pitching. Um, if Otani can uh, honestly, if he can go 500 this year, um, obviously adjusting to the uh, to the to the United States bats uh, and pitching on everything. Because back to the matter is, uh, you know, so yeah. do we see a, a pitcher from out east? come and, and, and do, uh, do what they do. Um, same on the bats. I mean, uh, gr- granted, obviously you were just talking about Ichiro and, and he's going to forever be probably one of the best to do it, but, um, uh, between him and Matt Sui, um, both two different styles of hitter though. You got one that can go for power or one that kind of slaps it. What is Otani going to do against some of these, uh, some of these aces that he's going to face in that batter's box is going to be my question mark for him. Yeah. And you know, the thing too with the Angels too is, is they got some sneaky guys in there that you didn't even mention that that really excites me because I was on the fence about this Angels team, and then you know listening to you know the the Maldonado talk at catcher and everything they still got they still got Calhoun out in right field Zach Cozart yes he's thirty two but he he bagged like twenty twenty five home runs or something I think it's short last year, and uh, Luis Valbuena at first base isn't bad, but they still got Pujols and. If Pujols can be any sort of what an Albert Pujols is, that's a nasty bat that gets to come in and either play first or DH if Otani's pitching. This team, and and I mean, guys, let's not forget Mike Sosha's a great coach. That's such a difference maker to me, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jordan, you got me really excited for this Angels team. I, I think they got a good shot. Two teams left in the division. Hagberg, I'm looking at you on this one. Can, and, and part of it is because of the Nomar uh, Mazzara get to know him. And my bragging of Willie Calhoun, who was a Dodgers prospect. But can this Texas Rangers team do enough to top the Astros? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of you know it's kind of similar to um you know to to a lot of teams we talked about just the the hitting is inconsistent i mean i i, I absolutely love nomar mazara um the the second he got called up last year i mean i mean hey that's why i picked him as a get to know him cuz i, I you, know, <laughs> just, you know he I, he just he's just one of those guys that um really everything that you're looking for in a hitter um elvis andrews he was he was a guy last year that um, that really carried a lot of their offense for most of the year. Uh, Adrian Beltre, he's getting older, but you know, you know, he can still play. And uh, and but I think really 
if you look at this team, that it's going to come down to uh, Odor and uh, Joey Gallo. Because I think those two guys are uh, are amongst probably the most talented players on that team, but also yeah. their biggest you know biggest liabilities also. Um, and I guess uh, you know they got Chu as their DH. He he was really underrated last year. And uh, but yeah, I mean their pitching staff: Cole Hamels, uh, you know, um, is that Matt Moore who uh, who used to play for the um, for the Giants? He that see that guy scares me too, Matt Moore. Um, but Doug Fister, I mean, I mean they have names on that team. I mean they got a lot of potential, but you know whether they live up to the potential, I mean, I guess you're gonna have to find out. But I, I think they can contend for a wild card though. You know, you speak you speak with potential. Mike Miner, he was part of that Braves Sports Illustrated cover with Teheran and Randall Delgado and those dudes that were going to be the next breakout big four for the Braves. That didn't happen. And Jordan's boy in the five slot, Bartolo Colon. What up? <laughs> That's awesome. Let's <laughs> see exactly. that in there. But, I, you know, I, I love Joey Gallo. 41 home runs last year. Coming in. Not even the everyday starter at third base. I got this dude in the eighth round in my fantasy draft. Like I was so excited. I'm like, dude, Joey Gallo, eighth round, 41 bombs. Let's go. Uh, Jerkson Profar, too, coming in. Hagberg behind Ronan Odor. This infield is ridiculous. Because, like I said, you got Gallo at first. You can throw him at third. You got Profar either at short or second. Andrews, uh, Ronald Odor, this this team is built in the infield. And a lot of these teams that seem built in the infield really can do a lot of damage. When you get a pitcher who is the epitome of a Minnesota Twins pitcher, see, they should have, instead of Jeff Bannister, they should have got him out and brought in Gardenhire and had contact pitchers because with this infield, you're throwing everybody out as a contact pitcher. But that's a different ball game. Jordan, the big picture here. The Houston Astros, your 2017 World Series champions. Even though I'm not, forget it, forget it. I'm not saying a word. The Houston Astros, let it go. Jordan, let can go. this team repeat? Uh, yeah, I, I think they can. Uh, Verlander uh, threw up one of the sickest uh, stat lines, you know, post trade there, as far as that goes, and going into the playoffs, um, rejuvenating his career there. Um, and keep in mind, he's still got a pretty good ace in his bullpen, too, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, let's see. Dallas Keuchel, obviously, you know, does a lot of work, too. The pitching staff is certainly nothing to get, to, to get uh, nothing to be ashamed of as far as that goes. And then everything's pretty much still the same. You got El Tuve, you got Carlos Correa, you got Reddick, um, you got J.D. Davis, Brian McCann, Evan Gaddis at DH, even. They got, the, they got the name power. They got the bat power. Let's just hope that they didn't get soft in, in winning a championship. And if they're still hungry, they're going to compete. And uh, there's no reason they shouldn't. They're, I mean, they're tough. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough, young team. And because they're tough and young, it's what, it's what really makes me nervous about this team. Uh, honestly, I, I, I hope otherwise, but real quick here, closing out this MLB segment, I just want to touch on a couple quick topics and then we'll, uh, we'll let Mr. Hagberg go. Uh, Nick, there was a request by the way, when, um, I had mentioned that you were going to be coming on that, uh, people wanted a live get to know them. So maybe next time we can have the live get to know them. 
wives get to know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I could do it if I'd be more willing if, I, if that's what people want. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to be fair, when we were uh, before we were talking to the, the the two women from the roller derby, and I told him uh, I was like I was like, oh, Hayward's gonna be on, and he's like, wait, he's gonna be live, and I said, yeah, he's gonna be live, and he goes, is he gonna do a live get to know him? <laughs> I said, no, no, we gotta record one tonight. But yeah, so yeah, I was jacked. I was as soon as you said it, I was like, sweet. I hope you got that sound clip ready to go. Boom, ding, ding, ding. Like. <laughs> We do have the do 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 do, but we don't have the we won't we won't lie. We'll we'll get it again because we'll we'll have we'll have Nick back on. We gotta have him, gotta have him on for this. Um, we're, let's go round table with it. We'll go Jordan first. We'll go Hagberg second. I'll go third here. I want to ask you guys. We got one, two, three, four. We're gonna have we're gonna have I think five questions is what I got for you guys. Jordan, like I said, we're starting with you. Who's gonna win the AL Cy Young Award? Ooh, AL Cy. Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say uh, in in a, a swan song fashion, Verlander takes the Cy Young. Ooh, I, I you know it's not it's not crazy, it's not crazy. Uh, Nick Hagberg, what's your thoughts? Um, man, I think it's a really tough one, but uh, you know what? The funny thing is that. These idiots who vote on the Cy Young still look at wins, and I think uh, I'm gonna go. I mean, this is a this is a generic prediction, but uh, I would say Chris Sale. I think that Boston, their offense is gonna be so much better this year, and I think I think Chris Sale's a lock for 20 wins if he stays healthy. So, um, yeah, I think I think Chris Sale gets 20 wins, he'll run away with it. This is tough. Um... I was originally going to say Chris Sale, but when you mentioned the the voters thinking wins, it may have swayed me. I'm going to still go Chris Sale, but I think there's a good chance a guy like Luis Saravino, if he's going to if Severino's going to be the number 1 with how many wins Jordan thinks this team's going to get. I think Severino could take that award too, but I'm gonna I'm gonna play it safe and say Chris Sale. Um, I like the Verlander pick. Nobody said Corey Kluber. I think he's another guy that could make some noise, but uh, I'll, I'll do the Sale. Flipping it to the NL, Jordan, who you got for the NL Cy Young Award winner? Uh, let's see, maybe uh, Cy Young for you know it, it's hard to go against Kershaw. Um, to be perfectly honest, uh, but it, obviously his his back's got to hold up uh, and, uh, and 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 go from there. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Kershaw. I, it's it, you can't you can't not say Kershaw. What do you got, Hagberg? Uh, just to play devil's advocate here. Yeah, I think I think Kershaw's a safe pick, but um, but I really liked what I've seen out of Noah Syndergaard in spring training. I think he you know he got hurt last year and. Uh, you know, if if he can make it through a full season, I think I think the Mets um, they're going to be better on offense this year. He's going to get the run support. Um, he's going to go deeper into ball games, and uh, yeah, I, I I think Noah Syndergaard's a nice sleeper. I love Syndergaard as a pick, but man, those Mets, man, you, you know they kill them pitchers, and that's oh god. Yeah, it's not a it's not a it's not a healthy place to be if you're a pitcher. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, ask Matt Harvey about that one. 
um, ask obviously Scherzer and Strasburg, that two-headed monster in Washington is nice. But look, everybody knows that my ace is Clayton Kershaw with a curveball that's so raw. I gotta go Clayton Kershaw, baby. Look, I'm dropping, I'm dropping some bars talking about Kershaw. Damn it, <laughs> love me some Clayton Kershaw. Um, let's move, let's move to this, Jordan. Your American League MVP. Here's why I'm gonna stick with my, uh, with my love here. Uh, I'm going to say Judge picks up where he left off last season and makes another push. He grows, um, gets a few less. Uh, I think he gets a few, a little more comfortable at uh, both uh, in the league and uh, and with his uh, with his with his uh, pitch selection. Um, he's going to cut down some uh, some uh, some strikeouts increase a couple of home runs and ribbies, and he's going to be your AL MVP. What do you got, Hagberg? Um, you know, I'm going to pick a guy that, who got hurt during last year, and I think he, he's going to remind you this year why uh, he's one of the top players, not only of uh, this generation, but of all time, Mike Trout. Um, yeah, I, I'm going Mike Trout, hands down. But I'm going to say this, and this might rub some people the wrong way. Elijah, if you're listening, you'll have my back on this one. Don't be shocked if Byron Buxton gets a vote or two this year. Just saying. Don't be shocked if Buxton gets a couple votes. But I'm going Mike Trout. I think uh, if he's healthy, I mean, he's one of the greatest hitters the, the league has ever seen. Obviously, we're moving next. Nationally, Jordan. Where are you going? Uh, you know, National League, I feel like the National League's a little more – I feel like that one's a little more muddy. I, I really do. I feel, I feel like the – There's a pool, lot of bats that are good. That, well, not only, but not only that, there's just – there's uh, – you know, I, I, wa- I want to say that it's going to be – it's going to be – it's going to be – I want to say Chris Bryant. Um, I want to say Chris Bryant. Going Bryant. All right, what do you got, Hayward? Yeah, um, I'm actually kind of in the same boat. I think. I think. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think Chicago this year. Um, yeah, I, I think Chris Bryant kind of had an off year last year. I think he gets back on track, and I think that uh, he'll be recognized for it this year. Um, obviously, people are probably assuming I'm going to say Corey Seager, but I'm not. I can't homer the whole time. Um, I don't think the obvious choice of Bryce Harper happens. I just I don't want to say anything bad about Bryce Harper because after we just talked about him coming to L.A. and how excited I got, I don't want to say anything bad, but I don't think he does it. I'm torn between Nolan Arenado and Joey Votto, after how much I put over Votto. But I'm going to go on a limb, and I'm going to say Nolan Arenado from the Colorado Rockies is your MVP this year. Hmm. This leads us to our last one. Jordan, who beats who in the World Series? Yankees beats the Dodgers. Oh, you piece of dick. World Series. (laughs) I'm just kidding. All right. Hey, East Coast, West Coast. Oh, I right. wanted that last year. I wanted, you know, yeah. I wanted that last year because I, I wanted, you, you know how bad I wanted it. And this year it's going to happen. So um, 
And that's that's the bottom line. <laughs> because the Yeti said so. Yeah. And the Yeti! <laughs> <laughs> um, real quick before I get your pick. Nick Hagvern, do you think this man could make the New York Mets team? I'm talking about this guy. Steve-O! Oh, I'm sorry. Can you play that again? Tebow. Oh, hey, are you are you talking about what? Are you talking? Did you just say Beetle? Tebow. Tebow. I thought. Oh my God. Tebow. Oh, I thought you were talking. I thought you were talking about the 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 the, uh, the wrestler we used to joke about to do the words address for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you used to talk about Big Beetle at work. <laughs> uh, well, ironically. Oh, it's uh, it's about it's, Tim Tebow. Yeah, 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 Tebow, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, rhyming with Beetle. Um, yeah, if he, if he's lucky, he'll get the Triple A. I mean, if the Mets are, if the Mets are losing, you know, a hundred games in September, you know, they might do it as like a publicity stunt to get a, you know, to get the owner some extra money. But I don't think he's making it to the major leagues. Oh my! God, I'm crying, laughing, thinking about Big Vito. Steve-O! Ryan, Ryan, you gotta stay in your lane. Stay in my lane. I'm freaking out here. I'm laughing too hard. I'm having too good of a time, man. I'm so excited <laughs> for talking baseball. You took yourself uh, out of the I, game earlier. <laughs> the Celtics. <laughs> and uh, the guy I was thinking of was uh, Brickma from Rookie of the Year. <laughs> yeah, Brickma. Brickma, when he locks us up. Who um, Mr. Hagberg, <laughs> who do you got in the World Series? You got, uh, Cubs, you got... Cubs over Astros. Cubs over Astros. <sighs> at least I, at least I, I said your Dodgers made it. Yeah, guy over here. I feel like I feel like Paul Pierce has gotten hold of him. Re- real quick before I say mine, uh, Hagberg, did you hear Paul Pierce when he was talking about having two Rookie of the Years? The way he was talking about Ben Simmons. No, I didn't. I didn't catch that at all. Well, catch catch this. Like I said, if you put them in the Eastern Conference, they could be fighting for that playoff spot. Also, Splitting an award though, man. Yeah, I mean, I can't take it. It's either one because see, there's an ostrich on Ben Simmons because oh, there's a what? There's an ostrich. ostrich because he's in his second year. He had a chance to (laughs) asterisk. Asterisk. You are killing me tonight. Know what I mean? It's like East Coast (laughs) killing me. You guys, y'all just speak proper English. We do, Paul. (laughs) But anyway. Ben Simmons is an ostrich on him. <laughs> um, Dodgers over Yankees, World Series. There's my pick. There's my pick. Dodgers over Yankees. Dodgers mm-hmm. get to the divisional. They lose. Following year, they win the divisional. Following year, they win the, the NLCS. Following year, they lose in, the, in the, the World Series. I just think they continue to improve each year. Clayton Kershaw. World Series MVP. Hey, Bird, do you have anything you want to plug before we get off the air? Oh uh, no, I mean, I mean, we we covered pretty much every team. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think just, I, I think back to what I said at the beginning. I'm just really interested to see. I mean, like we talked about, like the teams, like the Rockies, like the Diamondbacks, like the Brewers. I mean, one of these teams is going to show up at the end of the year. I think, I, and I think it'll be exciting to see. Uh, 
which team emerges that uh, that we might not be expecting to. I'm excited. I'm excited. Jordan, I'm glad we talked some baseball. You know I've been wanting to for a while. Hagberg, thank you so much. Coming on, dropping it. Hey, man, the request has been put in. we got to get a live get to know him. We're going to close out tonight playing you the get to know him because we ran out of time. I'm selfish, and I want to go play MLB The Show. Jordan, do you, do you want to take this one more segment for some college? Uh, you know what? Uh, let's just do quick picks. How about that? Quick picks. I like it. I like that. I'm right, going. We were, we were far off. We were far off last week, and we know it. But now, now <laughs> it's down to four teams, one of which you can barely pronounce. What do you got? I I have Michigan defeating Loyola Chicago. Oh, got it again. Oh, you're two for two, Wait. baby. I too have Michigan going over Loyola Illinois. Hey, what do you got? Michigan. All right, so Michigan around the board. I'm going to take Villanova over Kansas. You're taking Villanova over Kansas? I'm taking Kansas over Villanova. You know I got a man crush on Bill Self. Good program, good coach, good win. What you got, Hagberg? Villanova. Ooh. I'm going to go Villanova over Michigan National Championship. Kansas over Michigan National Championship. Uh, Hagberg. Michigan all the way. Michigan over Villanova. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Hagberg has picked the Michigan Wolverines to beat the Villanova Wildcats. With that being said, we're going to let Nick Hagberg take you out with this great clip. Once again, Nick, thank you so much for coming on talking some baseball. I'm sure we'll chat in the near future about more of good stuff. Jordan, I potentially will see you in a little bit here online if you're still up. For everybody else, Nick Hagberg has told you the Michigan Wolverines are going to win the Final Four, and this is why. We'll catch you next week. Well, here we are down to the Final Four teams, and with the NCAA tournament wrapping up next week, we'll get to know the West Region's most outstanding player in Charles Matthews from Michigan. Heading into the tournament, Michigan was arguably the hottest team in the country, and currently my personal pick to win it all next Monday night. And a big reason for this is Charles Matthews is he is Michigan's anchor on offense. Averaging 15 points per game in the tournament, Matthews will have to show up these next two games if Michigan wants any success. Assuming they can get past Loyola, Villanova and Kansas are amongst the two highest scoring offenses in the country. Although Michigan is a great defensive team, their offense is inconsistent and often relies heavily on Charles Matthews. As a former Kentucky recruit, he has just as much talent as anyone left in the tournament, and has even nicknamed himself Mini Colby. An appropriate nickname, as a Mamba-like performance will be needed to bring a national championship back home to Ann Arbor.